Good morning again, church. Uh, we're in our second week in our current series, Rhythms, where we're looking at various spiritual disciplines and how they can help us grow in our life with God. Now, last week, Craig spoke on spiritual disciplines generally and how they're tools to help us to be with Christ, to learn from Christ, and he also called us to do it together. And now throughout this series, we want to emphasize that the purpose of the spiritual disciplines is to posture ourselves to grow in our lives with God. The disciplines in and of themselves are not the goal, but rather are merely the means by which we come to God. Now, today, this morning, I'll be speaking on scripture, but not so much on a single or specific spiritual discipline around the scriptures, but approaching it more broadly, more generally, asking and answering the question, what does it look like to have a life in the scriptures? Now, in shaping this series, our preaching team decided it was important to talk about scripture first. See, all the spiritual disciplines we're going to cover during the series will pour into each other in varying degrees, but Scripture is going to be foundational to it all. In fact, Scripture informs all that we believe as Christians and speaks into every area of our lives as God's people. And so our Scripture for today is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And you can read along with me on your screens, in your Bibles, or on your phones. This is what it says. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, when we talk about the scriptures, what we're talking about is the Bible, and the Bible is God's specific revelation about himself. Through the Bible, God tells us who he is, what he's about, and what life with him is to look like. Through his word, we have the message of the gospel that while we deserve death for our sin, Christ, through his death and resurrection, made a way for us to have life with God. And for the Christian, the scriptures help us to grow in our faith and in building our lives with God. And so that brings us back to our question, what does it look like to have a life in the scriptures? And to help us answer the question, I have three marks of what it looks like to have a life in the scriptures. And the first is this. A life in the scriptures is to to be known and be comforted by God. To be known and to be comforted by God. See, the scriptures teach us and model for us how we can come to God as we are, with our honest vulnerability and even with our pain. Life with God, see, doesn't mean that everything is suddenly smooth, easygoing, happy, pleasant for the rest of our days. And that's clear even in scripture, but even in the world we see around us. The Psalms, the stories of the Old Testament, Jesus' own life, and even Paul and the life of the New Testament church show us this. Throughout history, God's people have looked to His promises and looked for Him to comfort. But to be comforted by God is much more than merely to know and look forward to His promises. See, in His words and His actions, God goes beyond being this distant and sterile God. And he brings us promises, results, and his presence. See, he himself ministers to his people as we bring our lives to him. He knows his people personally and cares for the challenges and pain that they face. And in the Bible, we see it and it validates the fact that there is room to talk about pain and suffering, to bring them to God. In the Bible, we have accounts and prayers recorded of God's people uh, being oppressed, being enslaved, crying out for liberation, safety, and deliverance. 
We have stories of barren women crying out to God in their suffering, in their longing. We have records of those who were leading God's people, feeling ill-equipped, afraid for the jobs in front of them, failing and fumbling to do what is right. Throughout history, God has provided and comforted His people. He's made and kept promises to His people. He has addressed their pain, the injustices against them, and their suffering. And today, as we read and meditate on Scripture, the same is available for us, not to just learn what it says and learn what the big promises of God are, but to be comforted and ministered to by God Himself. When we come to the Scriptures, we make room in our lives for God to speak through His Word. And there are different ways you know, that we can do that. And if you've been in the church for, for even a little bit of time, hopefully you've heard about these. We talk about a devotional life, regular devotion, whether it's in the morning, the evening, both throughout the day to spend time in the scriptures, whether it's a guided reflection or just to sit with it on our own. We have uh, ways of reading the scriptures like Lectio Divina where we might read slowly and intentionally through a passage multiple times considering what themes, ideas, or even specific words might resonate with us. Others in the church have memorized scripture or have even copied down and written it out to create a sense of focus and spending time with God through it. And now I want to clarify that the ultimate goal in building a life in the scriptures is not to read through the Bible every year, not to do all of the things we're listing out, not to read the Bible three times a day or hit any kind of benchmark. And dare I even say, it's not even to read from the Bible on a daily basis. While these practices and ways of spending time in the scriptures are all amazing, And while I believe that coming to the scriptures regularly and frequently are core to building a life with God, mere diligence is not the same as discipleship. And that's the goal, to build a life with God, to grow in life with Him. Years ago, when I was interning at a church, I had a mentor of a mentor, I guess kind of a grand mentor, um, lean into this idea. And I remember him in a sermon saying this, Church, read your Bibles less. And he followed up by saying that we should read as much as we can apply to our own lives and as much as we can live out what the scriptures actually call us to do. And again, I want to remind us, just as each spiritual discipline is a tool, a means to a greater end, to posture our lives, to grow in life with God, so too, these specific ways of taking time to be in the Scriptures are a means to a greater end, to enjoy a deeper personal life with God, to be known by Him, to be comforted by Him. And that moves us along to the second mark of a life in the Scriptures, and that's to know and be informed by God, to know and be informed by God. And by that, I mean that through the scriptures, we grow to know God more personally, and we learn how He's called us to live. See, God's Word shows us who He is through through what He has said, through what He has done, through what He's promised, through how He is consistent in His character. It shows us what He cares about. It shows us His love for His people, and it shows us how we're called to live for Him. And Romans 12, 2 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Psalm 1 talks of meditating on His law, on His Word. 
And by taking time to grow in a life in the scriptures, we come to know God personally and to be informed on how to live by Him. There are three ways that, that we can do that. And the first is, is by reading on a larger scale to get a bigger picture. See, we can read chapters at a time, even books at a time, especially with Jonah. It was short enough to do in five minutes. But we can read chapters and books at a time and work towards even reading through the entire canon of Scripture, read through the Bible. And this gives us a broader picture of what God has done, what He has said, a broader picture of the themes of each book and even of the Bible as a whole. Now, I want to address that when we read the Bible, there are definitely going to be portions that are harder to understand, easier to understand, seem more relatable and closer to where we are today. Right? But I think it's so important to read through the different genres and books, to read through both the Old and New Testament, to hear the different ways um, God shows himself. I had a professor in seminary, uh, Dr. Carol Kaminsky, who's an Old Testament scholar, and she, in talking about the Old and New Testament and how Christians should try to read through both, she would say it and present it like this. Imagine that the Bible was a a 10-season TV show. The Old Testament would really be the first nine seasons. The, The New Testament is just that last tenth season. And those first nine seasons inform and build up to the excitement and all that we anticipate in that final season. And that's the beauty of reading through on a larger scale. The second way that we can come to the scriptures to know God and be informed by Him is actually to read on a smaller scale with more focus. See, to consider the weight of specific words, to to recognize the effect of syntax on emphasis that brings out so much more depth and meaning. See, today it's so easy for us to skim over things we've already read, things we feel like we understand, words and phrases that we hear in churches so often, but rarely sit with what they actually mean. The third way that we can come to the scriptures in this way is to study the scriptures. See, a lot of the passages of the Bible are, are hard to make sense of. A lot of them can be confusing or honestly even offensive to our modern perspective without having an understanding of the cultural and historical context or an awareness of literary forms and genre. Thank God for those who work to study, teach, and create resources for God's people to study the scriptures. Because whether it's reading with a study Bible, diving into commentaries, or even taking courses on the Bible, studying the scriptures can help enrich our lives in the scriptures. But I want to take a moment to address a dangerous potential pitfall that comes with studying the scriptures that we really need to be aware of. And that's taking the study of scripture, the growth in knowledge of the scriptures or about God and equating that with a life in the scriptures. It's like learning about a person by reading an autobiography, looking at their social media accounts, deciphering their online profiles or, and hearing about them and recognizing that that's not the same thing as building life with them in friendship, in rich relationship. And the same is true about God and His Word. But the danger of equating this knowledge of the scriptures with a life in the scriptures is that it makes us arrogant. 
See, in all areas of life where we can show any kind of competence uh, or knowledge or, or proficiency, there comes a point where we think we know enough and have arrived. And this happens before the point we realize that we actually know far less than we think we do. And that gap is where we might stop listening to people whom we see as less competent, knowledgeable, or experienced, or alienate or get combative with those who we think are wrong or don't seem to see things just the way that we do. And yes, while we as Christians stand for what we know to be true based on the scriptures, we should never take that as license to attack, reject, or disregard or shame others who are seeking to grow in the scriptures. Even more, we should recognize that there's far more that we are not sure of, far more that faithful biblical scholars, pastors, churches, and Christians have disagreed on while trying to remain faithful to God and the scriptures. Now, Paul speaks of this problem and this attitude in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 when he talks about believers disagreeing on whether it's right or wrong to eat food that's been sacrificed to pagan idols. And you see, Paul actually agrees that because these idols are fabricated deities, the food is still simply food. But we find his main point at the start of the passage where he addresses those who have this same knowledge. He says this, This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. And the issue here is that Christians who might have been right in in their thinking are losing sight of God's heart for His people to grow in unity, as well as God's command to love and make disciples. See, instead of being known for their love as Jesus commanded, they were getting caught up in pushing how correct they were on an issue that Paul ends up describing as less important or rather even as a non-issue. In short, Paul was saying having knowledge about what is right or wrong, what is acceptable or not, is not the same as having a deep life with God, knowing His values, His heart, and His love. And though for us the circumstances might be very different, we're still vulnerable to the same problem that Paul addressed in his letter to the church in Corinth. You see, what a shame that non-Christians and even Christians would say that when they think about the church and the scriptures, the image is not always one of the grace of God through Christ of love and forgiveness, but instead, too often, the image is one of judgment and shame from, from professing Christians and the church. All that to say... Our goal in the scriptures is not to read or study for its own sake, but to live out the call to love God and love people, to be prepared for every good work, to know God more deeply and to live life informed by Him. And that brings us to our third and final effect or mark of a life in the scriptures. And that's actually to be offended and disciplined by God. You see, the scriptures will will bring to the surface areas where we fall short, where we live in, in direct rebellion, whether actively or passively, against God's will. 
God's word will ultimately offend everyone, every culture, every political party, every ethnic tradition, because we fall short of the glory of God and choose for ourselves what is good. And even as his children, as his people, we're tempted to do things our own way, out of our own interests, apart from his. And there's a problem here because we people are very good at diverting attention away from our sin. It's a very normal tendency to shy away from talking about our flaws, our inability, and our failure. See, from the cut, shape, patterns, and even color of the clothing that we choose to wear to wordsmithing on our resumes and dating app profiles, we're really good at using anything we can to divert attention from our flaws. And this includes spiritual disciplines and how we treat Scripture. And to hide our flaws and sin, we might actually be tempted to project a vain image of competence and diligence. When the scriptures offend us, when it exposes our sin, rather than running and clawing and being defensive, this is the moment where Christian, you and I, we need to remember the gospel for ourselves. This is where we need to lean in with humility before God and others and affirm God's promises. See, in Hebrew 12, 11, he's, the Lord disciplines the ones that He loves. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us um, of all unrighteousness. 1 Corinthians 12 says, In our weakness, the power and glory of Christ is magnified and perfected. When it comes to a life in the scriptures, we need to remember discipleship in the scripture should include discipline, but mere diligence and discipline are not the same as discipleship and faithfulness. Life in the scriptures will be enriched by the study of scripture, but merely growing in knowledge about the scriptures does not equate to having a life in the scriptures. And when scripture offends us, it's actually God calling us to live more closely with him. So Hope Jersey City, may we grow in being known and comforted by our God who cares for us. May we grow in knowing him deeply and living life informed by his values. May we grow even in being offended and disciplined by the God who loves us and the God we love. Let us be a community of believers that keeps the true goal of a life in the scriptures in focus, to grow in the life with God.